Now that's what I call high quality a tool. I'm Scuba Sam, Scuba Steve's father. We eat the pig and then together we burn. Well, I have a microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Hello and welcome to the latest installment of the Billy Gilmore podcast, the show for the discerning Adam Sandler fan, the pod for the fan of the Sandman. I am your host, Wilson Smith, and joining me as always... Hi, this is Chris Giles. And Austin Colt. And as always, we are very, very excited to have you with us for this very special episode of the Billy Gilmore podcast, where we are covering, let's see, you followed us, uh, you know, deep into the Schneiderverse. Uh, You know, we, Rob Schneider was an animal. He was a hot chick. He was a carrot. He was a European gigolo. And now he is a bench warmer. That's right. We are watching, we are discussing the bench warmers tonight. The 2006 Happy Madison joint directed by longtime fave of the podcast, Dennis Dugan. Um, So, yes, uh, it's very exciting. This is actually the final uh, star vehicle for Rob Schneider uh, in the Happy Madison universe and kind of in general right like when's the last time you saw like in a in a major motion picture like rob schneider in a pivotal role um i mean the only other thing i'm thinking of well like are we talking about like 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 starring roles for schneider yeah kind of i mean like he's in grown-ups one but he's in grown-ups one apparently he directed a movie called um big stan big stan yes okay big stan yeah yeah Indeed, yeah. it was indeed it was straight to DVD um, in two thousand and nine. Okay, so yeah, so he he talks about that in the so like looking up uh, doing doing like you know whatever episode of the podcast we're on. I'm finally going to do a cursory amount of research before these things, and it was like reading interviews and reading th- like pieces about the Benchwarmers, uh, contemporaneous pieces from two thousand six. Rob Schneider is discussing his next project and it's big stand. So again, I, this, this is sort of like, this is the end this is like, sort of like the brick wall of Rob Schneider's happy Madison career. And that was, you know, 16 years ago. So it's kind of interesting considering he was like, I feel like for a while, like the most promising, you know, spinoff from the Sandler universe of like, you know, guy who could headline his own movie. Right. There was there was definitely a moment there, you know, of a couple of years when he was when he was killing it, um, and you know, and when we talked about the various cofactors of the of like the decline of like just box office and popularity and stuff. Um, I don't know, like I definitely had a thought though watching this movie today. Like, a he's better in like just well, just in general, like even if he's like at the top of the cast list it's i think he's better off when he's a part of an ensemble and in general i think he's just better off doing the supporting roles i think that those are where he at his best can really shine like sometimes you have a very regrettable outlier like chuck and larry where it's just very misguided but you know but like i'm thinking of big daddy or 51st dates um grown-ups like the first grown-ups movie i think he's very funny in and um or even something recent like the wrong missy which you know is sort of a late like a late era standout. Um, 
And in this one, and like, we'll get into it. There's some like weird, like stuff going on in the margins of his like sort of low key straight man role. But I think honestly, like his star just kind of burned out a little bit because the headlining movie thing just isn't where his strengths lie. And eventually that's going to just come to light. I think that's a good point. I, I mean, I agree with you. Um, so the, I don't believe I, I looked, I don't believe Roger Ebert reviewed this movie. I think this was like, kind of like when he was, that was the year that he was sort of sick. Like yes. the initial initial year that he was sick. Um, but I did find as a, um, <laughs> As, as a sort of uh, consolation prize to that, I did find the uh, April 8th, 2006 review by Manola Dargis of okay. The Benchformers. And I just want to read this opening paragraph here. And this speaks to the Schneider, Rob Schneider of it all. Uh, this is the first, this is the first paragraph. Think revenge of the baseball nerds plus fat, plus flatulence is if you must think of the Benchformers. Directed, so to speak, by Dennis Dugan, a man who certainly knows how to show Sony consumer products off to advantage. This yuck fest stars the hardworking Rob Schneider as Gus. Uh, let's see, a landscape gardener with a mighty baseball swing and two dumb and dumber sidekicks. Dumb in this case being Richie, a 39-year-old virgin with a Prince Valiant hairdo played by David Spade with his characteristic <laughs> insolent laziness. Dumber being Clark, a booger-eating mama's boy played by John Heater, using up the last of the 15 minutes he squeezed out of Napoleon Dynamite. Mr. Heater and Mr. Spade could not be less appealing. Mr. Schneider, on the other hand, is so strangely endearing here that you wish him better management. So, at least somebody thought Rob Schneider was very good in this movie. <laughs> I, uh... Well, I, this movie, like my just very, like like very very quick, like one two sentence thing is that I think this movie would be so much would be would be far more well remembered if it fully fully embraced the insanity that you see in pockets. Like like basically like this movie needs that's my boy energy. Yes. Um, and it and, and and you see like glimmers of it at, at moments, um, even including with Schneider, who like I love like the running joke of him being so disinterested in making love with this hot hot wife who just you know wants his seed. <laughs> he just keeps making excuses. Like the only thing he's good for is like just you know pissing on her foot in the shower apparently. But then at the very end, it's like oh like when like they're paying lip service to you know themes or whatever. It's like oh he's just you know like he feels guilt about being a bully as a kid and he doesn't want his son to go through that or like it's like. No, like you need just to have the running joke of him having no interest in, in, in fucking his wife. Like, like that's all it needs to be. Like, um, so I mean, yeah, sure. Like as his like straight man role, I think he's like fine and likable and charming and all that. But uh, like, uh, like this movie feels like it's almost there, but not quite. And it needs it like it, it needs to fully embrace its derangement. And that was like 10 senses. So I'm sorry. I made, I made a liar of myself. <laughs> Yeah, so this is, like I said, this is uh, the last Rob Schneider, the end of the line for Rob Schneider as like a leading man, like co-lead co in a movie. I mean, unless you consider, technically he's a co-lead in the first Grown Ups because they're all kind of co-leads. But um, 
So this is, uh, it's, so yeah, 2006, Dennis Dugan, it's written by Alan Covert and Nick Swardson. So Nick Swardson was like, you know, at, at this point, like definitely had like made inroads into the Happy Madison, you know, like, I mean, he's writing scripts for Sch- Schneider and Spade and, and, and Napoleon Dynamite. I wonder, you know, while watching this, I actually looked at that Napoleon Dynamite, John Heater role and kind of was like, this feels like Nick Schwartzen territory. And that's interesting that he wrote it. I'm wondering if that's just some internal feeling I'm having or if maybe it should have been him. Maybe. I mean, I know he's in it, but I mean, the thing is that like, so I don't know how much of this is like, like, no, no disrespect to John Heater. Like, I, you know, like Napoleon Dynamite, it's not necessarily like a movie I feel compelled to revisit a lot, but it's definitely like, it definitely made an impact and like, you know, like good, good for John Heater for like, I mean, he's good as Napoleon Dynamite, but it is one of those things where it kind of seemed like he had that one kind of lane. Um, And Benchwarmers is one, even though Manola Dargis like referred to it as like, uh, as like using up the last 15 minutes of his fame, but it was kind of like, he had been in Just Like Heaven, uh, the, the Reese Witherspoon movie from 05. He had been in that, but like he, it's not like, I don't know, like it, it wasn't like he, at that point, shouldn't, he should not have been overexposed as far as I can remember. I think, it, I, I, I think Napoleon, you know, which was such like this, you know, kind of sleeper hit was, you know, his meal ticket and maybe the albatross around his neck. Cause like, even just like heaven, you know, like, I don't know what I don't know about the production of that movie. I just remember the trailer though, and seeing it often, I like the multiplex that summer. And like, it was, you know, this full two and a half minute trailer of Reese and Mark Ruffalo being cute and doing their little ghostly romance. And then like, literally like the trailer, um, you know, it says like, like, like Reese, starring Reese Witherspoon, Mark Ruffalo, and Napoleon Dynamite's John Heater. And then, like, it cuts to him saying something in his dumb John Heater voice. And it's like, was this just like they just roped him in for reshoots? Like, <laughs> after they already had the movie in the can? Like, it was, it was very much the Napoleon Dynamite guy, fairly or not. Um, uh, and, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, like, Heater, he, is it Heater or Hater? I keep, I, I might be, as always, I might be mispronouncing things. I thought it was Heater. Yeah, let's let's say Heater for the sake of a baseball movie. Okay, good good point. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it, it's kind of interesting because you look at, like, his major film roles and you have, like, it feels like he got so, and, like, again, he's, he seems like a decent guy in all his interviews. Like, I'm not, I, I ain't trying to, like, disparage the guy at all, but it's, like, it does feel like in his like very short time, like at the pinnacle of Hollywood, he was sort of given all these different comedy options. Like, you know, he, he ends up in a happy Madison movie that's produced by Adam Sandler, um, you know, as one of those guys, he sort of cuts the line and gets to be like in a, you know, co headlining a movie with David Spade and Rob Schneider. And then he's, you know, blades of glory, which is him and Will Ferrell. Um, and he was in that Todd Phillips movie, School for Scoundrels, where it was him and Billy Bob Thornton. And it sort of just feels like, oh, like he was given like, it's like, here's a movie. Here's a movie with Adam Sandler. Here's a movie with Will Ferrell. Here's a movie from the director of Old School. It's like he was given all these opportunities and none of them really like, even though Benchwarmers was a hit, like it made money. 
like, I don't know. It's just kind of interesting that the dude never like, you know, he's kind of like, what was the last John Heater movie you saw? <laughs> yeah. Blades of Glory. That was uh, seven <laughs> years ago. What, what was it? Like, no, 15 years ago. Um, that's, you know what? That's <laughs> I, apparently he's done lots of voice work. Which I could him. I'm sure. I'm sure he's got plenty of money from his. You know. Yeah, I. Th- uh, I I'm look, looking at his credits now. It looks like it's steady, steady work every year through the present day. It's just most of its voice work now. Which you know, hey, that'll yeah. work. Um, no that. I should, you know, like it's not really, it's not terribly relevant to bench warmers, but I should just, you know, kind of mention as a disclaimer or a confession or whatever. Um, I. You know, there aren't many movies that I see and outright hate that like make me mad. Um, that's generally not my personality. Generally, I'm going to see a movie because I'm excited to see it, and I bring it. You know, I try to maintain that positivity even if I think it's not successful. But I cannot abide Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> I like I like I. <laughs> it's one of the few things I have walked out on. <laughs> like wow. I, I like it's I, I don't. I don't, like, yeah, that's one of the, like the like the true dregs of that of that moment in American culture. I can't fucking do it, and and it's nothing against John John Heater, but like even watching the bench warmers today, like every time he come on, like I would just be like, oh, this fucking guy, like I, I, I in a stupid fucking voice, like I like it. There's something about that movie. And like, I know it's like a crowd pleasing thing. Like, like, like I know that the character triumphs at like, at like at the end and it kind of becomes this feel good thing. But like, I hated like just the, it felt like a very mean kind of condescending nasty movie to me. That was sort of the vibe I got from it. And I could, I could never get past that. And um, it's one of the few things that like, if someone brings it up in conversation, I'm just sitting there quietly in the corner stewing. Cause I don't want to be the asshole who's like, ah, fucking sucks. Like I'll be that guy here. With you fellas that's fine but <laughs> I, I now that that's very that actually is genuinely important context for this uh austin i'm curious what are your what, what is your experience with napoleon dynamite uh it never clicked with me like i saw it and i was just like it's fine i don't really understand why everyone's going bananas on over all over it i just didn't just didn't get it like um and this would have been you know this would have been ripe in the area era of like uh, I probably would have been sixteen, really getting into in, was when it came out. Yeah, so I was getting into indie film and like I don't know, it just it didn't click. Didn't click like click, but I don't know. I I, I don't know. I never really was a particular John Heater fan. I, I mean, looking at all these things, like I think I liked Blades of Glory. Um, I think I kind of like school, school for Scoundrels, but yeah, I, he never really clicked for me. And I and I did not watch when he appeared on the WWE as a special guest with Don Johnson. Did not I did not catch that episode. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Not. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm a shoulder shrug. Eh. Sure. I, so my my experience with Napoleon Dynamite was, you know, I was 15 when that movie came out and, you know, I'm living in Georgia, like Columbus, Georgia, where there's like not like big, cool movies like, you know, there's not like interesting movies coming out. And I saw Napoleon Dynamite when it came to Columbus and I, you know, me and my friends thought it was really, really funny 
And I feel like there was like a six month pocket where I was really, I really liked Napoleon Dynamite. And like December of that year was when I saw my first Wes Anderson movie. I saw The Life Aquatic in theaters and I got obsessed with that and I got obsessed with him. And I sort of like almost immediately was like, oh, Napoleon Dynamite is like that kind of humor, but like shitty. <laughs> I don't know. So I like, I, I, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is that like, I had like a, like a, a, a very small but passionate period where I was into Napoleon Dynamite, but like it ended like relatively quickly. <laughs> So, you know, but like John Heater, like I'm not, I, you know, I don't blame it on him. Like I've seen those other movies by the guy, the director of Napoleon Dynamite. And I'm like, okay, well, like John Heater was just doing, you know, he, he knew the assignment and he pulled it off. And so like, even though I don't think that's necessarily translated to, like I said, I haven't seen Blades of Glory. I've seen this, you know, I didn't like him in this. <laughs> um so anyways, this movie, The Benchwarmers, directed by our boy Dennis Dugan, long, long time Adam Sandler stalwart, you know, you know, you know, you know his name. Um, you know, we start off, uh, we've got Rob Schneider. Uh, he's a, uh, what's his profession in this? Before he's a ball player? He's like, like a, a landscaper? Yes. Oh, that's right. He's a landscaper. Um, John Heater is delivering the newspaper. Um, and he keeps throwing the newspaper up onto the like the, the like the roof of this one house. And Rob Schneider gets gets onto him for, you know, it's like this 80-year-old woman. And you know, they have some silliness about that. Uh John Heater is scr- is uh picking his nose and he and again, like it's like, let's just get him to be Napoleon Dynamite in this movie, where it's like, oh, like uh, it's like uh i'm not picking my nose i'm scratching what are you scratching your brain like yeah because it's so huge <laughs> oh that's a that's a napoleon dynamite line right and but like it's yeah like you putting in that context makes perfect sense um it's it's it, it's it's been a long time since i've you know seen napoleon but like so they're doing that kind of energy and those sorts of line deliveries which you know again like you know that's 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 what he's bringing to the table. But like the character is in so many words, like they don't outright say it, but they, but he is treated and talked about as if he's, you know, a grown man with mental impairment. So it's, you know, um, obviously I've had, I had my issues with Napoleon dynamite, but uh, this is a different kind of can of worms. And it's not, a, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's, 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 you know, it's a little dicey. He really likes macaroni. Oh, he, he sure does. Um, this movie's quite offensive in a lot of ways with like the, it the, is. the, the R words and the, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, we, uh, we get to see, uh, we get to see some like nerdy kids, some like little actual children on a baseball field and they want to play baseball, but these jerk jock kids won't let them play. They're like, Hey, this is our turf. And like, our coach is going to be here soon. And, uh, they like end up farting on this one, like curly haired kid's face a whole bunch. Um, there's a bit where, uh, <laughs> there's a bit where, uh, Rob Schneider is talking to John Heater and he's just like, yeah, like you never played baseball. Like next year you're going to tell me you never had apple pie. And he's like, wait, <laughs> you never had apple pie. And John Heater's just like, yeah, my mom said to give me diarrhea. And he's just like, we well, got to try it at least once. And he's like, what diarrhea? Um, so that's, that's obviously hilarious. 
Um, and we then we see our, our good friend David Spade working at uh, what's it called Video Shop? Just like Video Shop, yeah. It could okay. be it could not be the, 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 lazy, the laziest title, <laughs> Video Shop. But he works at Video Shop, and who should show up but Sandler Squad member Jackie Sandler? <laughs> uh, Jackie Sandler as an irate customer who's just like I watched. The, the movie you recommended to me for to watch with my parents had like lesbian sex scenes in it. Like, what do you recommend I watch next? And uh, he's just like, you know, he recommends another like lesbian sex scene movie. And uh, uh, and then apparently there's a there's a co-worker that Spade has in the video store who's apparently played by Dennis Dugan's father. OK, so that guy who's like, I smell cinnamon rolls like is is Dennis Dugan's father. So that's, that's important context for, uh, you know, having Madison fans. <laughs> Dennis Dugan, you might know him from the, as an actor in the howling, uh, or as the head of the PGA tour from happy Gilmore, but his dad is also in this movie as a senile, uh, video store worker. Um, so we see Rob Schneider, he goes home. Um, it's been a while since I feel like it's been a while or a couple episodes, at least since we've actually clocked this, but Molly Sims in this movie is the maybe the first since Sandler, since we actually were doing Sandler's movies, slumming love interest. Because my goodness, like we are given no indication that Rob Schneider is like, like, I mean, he seems like the most normal and well-adjusted of the, the, the three leads, yeah. but he's a landscaper guy. Like, it's not like he's not that far off from like his like animal or Deuce Bigelow characters. And yet he has this like insanely gorgeous supermodel wife who's just like, hey, like we need to have sex all the time so we can have kids. <laughs> it's it seems like a very, very happy domestic situation that he's going home to. And all he can think about doing is going is just publicly humiliating like little league children instead of boning his hot wife. Like it's a, again, like it's such a, like it's such a perfect, like happy Madison type of joke <laughs> that needs a, that's my boy kind of level of insanity to really like, like, like take it home. Yeah. And this movie is, is going for more of like a PG 13 type of heart. And I feel like that's kind of where it, crashes and burns a little bit <laughs> yeah it's just not as memorable as you like it's like because apparently so i read i read a couple of like interviews and stuff like uh like from 2006 and according to spade they had this idea back in the saturday night live days and it was going to be chris farley in i guess i guess in the john heater role but they were like yeah it was supposed to be like like farley was going to be a part of it initially at least according oh, wow. to 2006 interview um but you know now it's like it's like kind of explicitly like geared towards younger kids um you know and i was 17 when it came out and so like maybe if i had been like maybe if it had come out in 1998 i would like it would be a favorite like we would be talking about it like a like a like a huge gem but <laughs> i don't know i mean um, like it has it has glimmers of 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 just like wonderful like moments and like and like little stray jokes like everything with John Lovitz is fantastic yes. and um, there's that you know kind of running bit of the like the rival little, like little league team getting like a ringer and like a clearly like grown 
you know, strong, like mid twenties, late twenties guy who keeps saying that like, Oh, I'm 12 and here's my birth certificate. And it just says, I am 12 with crayon. Like that's a good bit. This, like this movie has those glimmers and (laughs) it's, it's, it's not even almost there. It's like, it's halfway there, but they don't quite take it all the way. Um, but yeah. So they, oh, go ahead, Austin. I'm um, just, uh, couldn't help but think about Hustle during that scene. Yes. Where he's like, I'm 12. <laughs> yeah, but it's great in this because he has the, 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 the like certificate with the green crayon where it just says, I am 12. Like that made me laugh. <laughs> um, so, uh, Basically, like, John Heater gets, like, spayed out there, like, to play baseball with them. Um, and Spade, like, throws the ball up in the air and it hits him on the head. And, like, oh, like, you didn't see that happen. Ha, ha, he's bad at, he's bad at sports. Uh, the asshole jock kids who, who, you know, like, were hogging the field earlier, they show up. Um, there is a moment in the scene where a kid has a, has a line reading where I absolutely was just, like, they didn't get a second take of this. Like the kid was just like, he goes like, what, 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 we'll call the cops or whatever. And I was just like, Oh, that wasn't, that wasn't intentional. Like they just like, they just didn't shoot another version of the scene. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's the Dennis Dugan touch. Yeah. I love the man. I love Jack and Jill. Um, there's a, uh, <laughs> there's a bit where it's like, Oh, like we're not, we're Navy seal. We're cops. We're Navy seals. Navy seals aren't cops. Um, and then there's, I also had written here, uh, I had written, uh, with a part where David Spade, it's like, you're still out. He's like, my, I hit it. I hit it with the bat. Like I ticked it. He's like, you're still out. And he goes, you're still fat to a child, which was funny. Um, Schneider hits a home run. Um, and I also have written as a, as a, a note here in this very first game they play as before they are known as the bench warmers. Uh, I have this note that says, uh, John Heater chasing a butterfly around like Jessica Chastain in Tree of Life. So um, I like to think that I like to think that just like that moment in Tree of Life, it was a spontaneous moment that wasn't planned, and John Heater just chased it around and found a butterfly. Um, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> That's cinema, baby. That's it. Sure is cinema. Um, Schneider uh, hits the ball and nails the shit out of that annoying kid. And it's kind of like uh, Adam's uh, Happy Gilmore getting hit with the baseball in the chest um, in, in Happy Gilmore when he's like, you know, training for next season. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. And like they, so basically they beat this team of shitty kids and the, the kid Mason or whatever, John Lovitz's kid shows up and farts in his face. Um, you know, and Rob Schneider has the great line where he's like, I think he just got the wind knocked back into it. It's good stuff. Isn't that right, Austin? It's good. It's good. (laughs) There's a gun, there's a gun pointed at your head off screen. (laughs) It's hilarious. Yeah, there's there's some good good stuff in here. Well, they they go back to David Spade's apartment and uh, we get Nick Swanson, uh, who this year, you know, was appearing as, uh, you know, a major character in Grandma's Boy. And he's there as the agoraphobic brother of David Spade, Howie. Howie's his name, right? Uh, I believe so. Right. <laughs> I could have said anything. You'd be like, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so uh, 
<laughs> so Howie uh, is, uh, I think, again, I think it's Howie. He's yes, played by Howie. Nick Swardson. And Nick Swardson is, uh, you know, it's funny because there are some, I actually do think that Nick Swardson is one of the funniest parts of this movie, like scene by scene, pound for pound. Um, but also, I can't, I can't really, like, it's like the joke of like, oh, he doesn't want to leave and like the sun is too hot. I got to say, like, not to date our podcast, but in Texas in 2022, I'm just kind of like, no, nah, dude, that's how I live my life too. Like, I don't, I don't want to go outside. Like, I'm not doing that stuff. I'll stay home. So there's nothing out there. So we're introduced to his brother at this point. And yes. this is one thing that I kept like thinking of during the movie, which is maybe me just like not focusing on the movie enough, but I was thinking, how is John Heater in this relationship with these other guys? Exactly. Yes. He seems like he's a good 10 years younger. Um, do, I, I, I could, you could have told me he's the brother of David Spade and I'd have been like, they kind of look close enough, sure. but then he, but then he's not his brother. And I'm just like, why does he show up at the video store? No, and, and, and you know what's, you know, what's a weird thing about it. Now that we're talking about John Heater's character and how he's integrated into this, isn't it weird that we never see his mom? Do we see his mom? I don't think so. Right. So. And he talks about. It. Yes. <laughs> Like macaroni and all that. He's excited about macaroni. But at one point later on, Spade says, I think that John Heater, unless I mis like misread it and he was talking to Nick Swordson, but at one point he mentions to John Heater about having to like they needed to change his diaper because it's day three or something like that. I think he says that to Heater. Which at the like in that moment I was like oh I guess they're brothers too like I, I don't, <laughs> the the movie does not take great pains to make this clear to like to make these things clear which and maybe they shouldn't I don't know I don't know it's weird because it's Dennis Dugan he's usually pretty <laughs> about this. um so so they're drinking you know they're sitting there drinking their 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 Pepsi's and their diet Pepsi's and all the amount of Pepsi logos they can like turn directly into the camera lens um and then you know Nick Swordson like hands out his his bottle of urine um to give to David Spade and then of course David Spade and John Heater and Rob Schneider go to the happiest place on earth of course I mean Pizza Hut uh, which I don't know if we would see in such loving detail in an Adam Sandler movie again until just go with it. Um, when Adam Sandler takes Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston's kids to a pizza hut. Um, and so here, here's the thing where my notes kind of break down a little bit because they go to this pizza hut and like David Spade encounters this, this like attractive blonde lady at the salad bar, which like, you know, whatever. And he does kind of like the brick Tamlin thing from Anchorman where he's like, I like salad. I like salad. Like he can't say anything. <laughs> um, but then we get this bit where it's like, it's the, the movie's so half half assed about setting up its like stakes and its conflict and like the antagonists, like defining its antagonists because it's like, okay, like these kids on this shitty team that they beat earlier and like farted in their faces. It's like, here's, Here's my uncle, who is someone who went to school with, with Rob Schneider or, or David Spade, like, or something. And at one point, at one point, I swear to God, it switches from being his nephew to his son within the same scene. 
<laughs> like I'm pretty certain at one point he says dad and I'm like but at the beginning of the scene you said it was his uncle you your uncle like what what is this so um I could be wrong about that but I'm pretty certain I'm not <laughs> I like I we I mean like it should already be kind of clear just through context but I do want to just reiterate for our listeners um and you know not unlike European gigolo in a way like this movie just like on like a scene by scene basis of like just its rhythm and cohesion and very, very short running time. The bench warmers is quite like, like quite happily takes a spot under that, like, you know, genre umbrella of this is barely a movie. Like, I don't even say that as like a criticism necessarily. Like it's like, I say that more as like a categorization. Like this is, this is barely a movie as far as like, like effort made to like, present a world that makes sense <laughs> you know <laughs> it's very very loose yes indeed and like, very people sh- talk about grown-ups like oh these movies are so plotless like no like like grown-ups feels like they take place in a small town in a neighborhood like you feel that in the movies yeah. like bench warmers and deuce bigelow it's like okay like they they you know got a camera yeah <laughs> and did some stuff and then they threw it together so sorry austin i didn't mean to Oh, no, no. I mean, I think in that vein, kind of just discussing that a little bit more. I mean, I wonder if this relates back to, like, I guess Alan Cover and Nick Swartzen are the writers here. But, like, maybe this maybe this is more in the vein of, like, an SNL skit that just, like, is 75 to 80 minutes long. <laughs> where it's just, like, there was, there was never going to be a plot. It was just going to be jokes. Uh, but... I- I'll tell you this: there were there were several moments, and we haven't gotten to them yet. But I'll like I'll be able to like mention them like specifically when they come up. But there are a couple of moments in this that were, that put me in mind of one of my all time favorite movies. And Austin, I know you're not far off from this opinion. Um, uh, basketball. Oh yeah. There are a few things in this, and and basketball is a movie that you know I've seen it almost more times than I've seen any other movie. And it's a movie that is pretty shoddy in terms of its construction. But I have to say, watching Benchwarmers made me appreciate the craft behind basketball <laughs> a little bit more, where I was like, you know, at least like the plot of basketball and the characterization is like rock solid. Like, it's like that, you know, it, it, it you, know, you can track it from moment to moment as opposed to this where it's kind of just like, I guess now like Rob Schneider is like a bully and he's been a bully the whole time. And that's like been a big thing. And it's like, okay, like fine. Anyways, spoiler alert. Well, and I mean like, and, and again, like just that kind of goes to the, to the weird kind of disjointedness of this thing where I think that is kind of an interesting twist, if you will, or at least like character, like, like revelation. Cause like the whole thing is like, Oh, these are like downtrodden nerds. They were, they were picked on when they were little. They're still picked on when they're adults and they want to, you know, look after the other nerd kids who are getting picked on. And then it turns out, oh, Schneider actually feels so sensitive to this stuff because he's grown up after a childhood of being a like a, a piece of shit bully and he feels bad about it. And he wants to like, you know, atone and make amends. Like that's like an interesting character beat for another movie that has interest in like interesting character beats. And most of this does not. So like, well, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting character beat in the movie, Billy Madison, where Billy <laughs> Madison realizes that he bullied. Yes. <laughs> um, I knew it felt familiar. 
Um, so outside of the Pizza Hut, after they talk shit to this this guy, this shitty jock or whatever, uh, John Lovitz. This is another thing I didn't really understand about the construction of these scenes. He pulls up in his car, which makes it seem like he's just arriving, and then he gets out and he's like, "I loved what you said to those guys in there." <laughs> Were you inside the whole time? Like, what are you talking about? Um, and so. Um, he basically is like, you know, I was a nerd and like the kid who got farted on earlier, like is John Lovitz's son, Nelson. Um, and uh, John Lovitz is like, you know, like those guys, like they're such bullies. They gave me a titty twister and he sh- it's kind of funny when he shows like his like raw chapped nipples um, where he's been titty twisted a whole bunch. Um, and then uh, he, he reveals he's a billionaire who's like one of the one of the geeks and nerds who got made fun of by all the like bully jocks or whatever um and uh he's riding in kit from knight rider yes um yeah and he's like oh like i'm one of those nerds who grew up to make billions and then uh he tries to peel out and uh he like drives over the curb and gets stuck and he's just like i've yet to perfect the peel out um (laughs) i i will say this like as as just like so silly and breezy and very tossed off as most of this movie feels and is, Lovitz is like dialed in in a way that's that's not shared by anyone else. Like 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 he is like 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 he is the through line of 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 like of like humor and humanity in this movie. Like 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 he feels weirdly keyed in in a way that 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 I wish the rest of it was. Yes, Lovitz is very funny in this, and he's always funny in his in his Sandler appearances. But like, he gets like more to do in this, and he actually, I I'll, I guess I'll spoil it now. He has one of my favorite moments, which uh, later on when they're at his his house, and he says something to David Spade, and David Spade's like, "I never actually talked to a girl, or or I never kissed a girl," and he does that like double take where it's like he looks back at him he's like it's like, he's like okay and then he like stops and looks back at him like what the hell's wrong with you um and it, i don't know it reminds me of like in south park where they look at like dr mefesto's little like midget for like like little person friend and then like up uh, and they just like there's like a couple of frames where they just stare at each other and it's like, <laughs> moving on um you know one thing i appreciate about a john lovitz and b this pizza hut scene is like, I feel like these movies are really creating like time capsules of just, well, a, it's just like, whatever they're, whatever these nerdy guys is like life has been growing up to this point. And B like just seeing a pizza hut in action with people indoors and going to the buffet and getting their own pizza. I think that is done with the pizza hut world. So I kind of, I do appreciate that for like chronicling. This is what we had back in yes. 2006 well and 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 i and i like it in a way like like it feels yeah sure it's, it's it's product placement but like it feels a bit more organic than um that pizza hut shot or sequence we get and um just go with it mm-hmm. which is so like egregious um and feels like like it's like it's like it's so like beautifully shot like in a way that like no Pizza Hut actually looks like the way it looks like and just go with it. Whereas in this one, the bench warmers, like with Spade and the nice lady at, at the salad bar, it's like, oh yeah, no, like this looks more like an actual Pizza Hut. It's kind of dark and drab, but people are enjoying themselves. Like, yes, I think that's a good point, buddy. Yeah, I feel like this is, um, 
yeah i think i think we can go back and we can see stuff like this in movies and be like oh that's how, that's what it was like so <laughs> i do like that as the uh the time capsule thing um yeah and all john lovitz's stuff that's going on throughout this like from this first scene where he's introduced to his house to his house and he is riding around on a um what do you call those things segway yes thank you so he so like so like it's 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 love it's very much doing like the guy who is so 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 excited that he's rich um and 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 like he's not like an asshole about it and like talking down to folks he's just real real stoked that he's rich because he gets to ride around on segway and he has a bunch of star wars shit and he gets to ride kit and he has a robot butler that can make you a pbj and mayonnaise sandwich so this is a genuine time capsule because uh the i i was looking up an interview and dennis dugan was like you know lucasfilm was very was very cooperative and they let us have all this stuff and i'm just like oh this would never happen again because all that's owned by disney well, and, and like also too, so what, so Bitch Warmers is 2006? Yep. Okay, so uh, let me think. So Revenge of the Sith had just come out. So, you no, know. Yeah, a year, a year before. So we're at the, so we're at the tail end of the, of, of the prequels. Star Wars is like mainstream. I mean, well, like, I mean, God, like it was always mainstream. It was like, it was, you know, from like the get go, it was like, it was, it was, it was the biggest movie yeah. ever. Like, so. Yeah, Star Wars is huge, but, but everyone was, thought it was everyone thought it was over. Was the thing? But everyone thought it was over. It was these are some of the biggest movies ever, but they're still kind of talked about as like this nerdy thing. Like it's this was you know, it was just a little different. And I'm trying to think of a way to like describe how it was different to you know the youths that are you know. Um, loyally listening to the billy gilmore podcast like <laughs> like like well, there's, there's, it, a sense, there's a sense in which like them making star wars references back then it wasn't as like it didn't feel as i mean maybe it's just where how old i was but it didn't feel as pandering as it would now it, it doesn't feel as like oh hey we're like trying to i don't know like i, I think there's a there's like it still felt like a nerdy ref like they're, they're clearly like right. using it as, like wow like this is like we're nerds and we like Star Wars. And it's this just so like, cool. like, so like if the same scene happened right now, you would like be disgusted at the blatant um, like product placement. Yeah. Like, oh my God, like how much is Disney paying this movie for this bullshit? This is so lame. And the bench warmers is like, oh yeah, no, like sure. They're nerds. Like it, like it just plays very yeah. simply. <laughs> it's, it's such, it's such a, like, it's such a mainstream way to share like they're nerds too. Yes. Yeah, through every every one of his vehicles, everyone, everything in his house, it's just like yeah, he's like he's basically a mixture of Richie Rich and uh, oh, Mister Deeds. Yes. Um, so uh, it, anyway, so like we have like so before they before they even get they actually when do they go to John Lovitz's house? Like it's not for it's, it's like so because I I don't know like my in my notes are a little bit scattered here, but. Um, it's like, yeah, he like basically like. Uh, <laughs> did we talk about the part where Schneider uh, shoots the rock into David Spade's nuts? <laughs> That's we, an important scene because it was in the trailer. We have not gotten there yet. Yeah, um, so Schneider. So so John Heater and David Spade walk up. They talk. They want to talk to Schneider. And Schneider's like mowing landscape and he's mowing a lawn, and uh, they throw a rock. And it goes into the, into the lawnmower and it shoots out and hits uh, 
hits David Spade right in the balls. <laughs> There's uh, uh, a almost avant-garde level of like farting uh, and like like scatological and like and like getting hit in the nuts and like people falling down. Like 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 the movie does not uh, skimp on well twelve-year-old boy humor, I suppose. Um, oh right, and the reason that happened, so John Heater and David Spade go to the the sports store and they run into that guy they knew from like high school who thought they were like <laughs> shitty nerds or whatever, um, and David Spade makes fun of him for saying athlete with three syllables, um, and he's just oh. like, well, we should we should like play ball against each other or whatever. Um, you and, think you're hot shit because you know words. Yeah, and so they go and play against these guys, even though there's just three of them, and they they beat them and. Uh, uh, at one point, someone says, my wife is the only one who gets to squeeze these man titties. Um, and John Levitz pulls up. He was in Kit earlier, and then he shows up in Adam West's Batmobile, which is funny. Um, uh, Jonathan Loughran, Sandler Squad member, is in that scene. Like, he shows up. That coach is also technically, I mean, he's in Jack and Jill, Blended, Bedtime Stories, Longest Yard, and this. His name? Bill Romanowski. Oh, yes, yes, that's right. So Bill Romanowski. So we've got lots of Sandler Squad, even so far. Um, and we're going to get Tim Meadows sometime soon. Um, and so, yeah, so we had Jonathan Loughran. Uh, he gets his, you know, gets his titties twisted. Um, and then, and then we get the scene where we go to John Lovitz's house. And he has, yeah, he's got like Darth Vader uh, as like a call box at his house and there's like RTE2 <laughs> and Yoda statues inside the house and then there's a sandwich number seven there's a robot that makes sandwiches and it's a little bit like Polly's robot from Rocky 4 um, and weirdly enough it's played by did, did y'all see this who, who plays the robot? I did not it's Doug Jones the uh, Guillermo del Toro's like like body actor like he oh goes, shit Fawn in Pan's Labyrinth and he's That's the incredible the sea creature in the shape of water <laughs> so he's he's acting in this movie and he's doing a great job I gotta say um, <laughs> so yeah he makes like a Skittles and peanut butter sandwich for David Spade or, or for John Heater or whatever. Um, and that's yeah, that's the part where John Lovitz does. It's at it's at John Heater. He does the double take where John Heater's like, "I've never even talked to a girl," and he's like, "So," and then he looks back at him for a second, like, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> um, and then um, yeah, his son comes in and has like you know some like annoying jock kids rub like goat shit on his face, and John Lovitz wants to start a tournament like you know for like the the, the kids who were bullied like when they were younger, the nerds, the bench warmers, you know, and they're supposed to like, they're going to, they're going to play against like, I guess kids and whoever wins is going to like, he's, he's a billionaire. And so he'll build like a really nice stadium for him or whatever. The stakes are very unclear and quite low to be honest with you. <laughs> and it's, it, this is another thing that is confusing to me. I mean, it play, I guess it's playing into this joke, but I'm the, the whole time. I'm like, so they're just three players. Yes. Just, just three. But is that it, a thing? Like, is that a big part of it? Like, yeah, it's just like, how are they? Like, are they only just? Are they just like playing straight up offense, and then their defense is like hoping that the other kids don't hit the ball? I, I from a baseball strategy, I get very confused from this perspective. But um, or why the other kids, like the the other kids that are bullied, don't join the team? I'm asking too many questions about this. <laughs> 
Yeah, again, the, you, just even the basic premise of the movie is a little bit opaque to me. <laughs> um, so let's see. What else do I have here? So yeah, so they, there's a, I have something about the spitting kid, the kid who's like, is that back at Pizza Hut? The kid who's like, like he and Rob Schneider are talking to each other and they're spitting at each other constantly. <laughs> I, uh, I wasn't quite clear on like the setup of that whole bit. Like, like, cause hey, Pizza Hut? We, we, I, I guess, I guess so. But it's like, why does then it turn into Schneider spitting on, on I like, I know I, I, I now realize that I'm overthinking this, but <laughs> I think it's a callback to Deuce Bigelow where he, you know, there's that scene where it's with, um, Oh, uh, Amy Poehler that he starts just yelling out at the baseball game. Is that oh, right? so like, he's like, just kind of just doing him a solid, making him feel not alone. Yeah, I guess I guess that's what he's doing here. Okay. <laughs> well, that's nice. Yeah, so we get like like a meeting of like the the asshole like adult like adults in the woods and Tim Meadows is there. So fellow, you know, Sandler squad member Tim Meadows who like wants to take down these bench warmers a peg because they're they're fucking nerds. Um and it's a uh, at the the first like inaugural game for the bench warmers there's a site Mel's tournament of little baseballers and three older guys <laughs> which is kind of funny i'd probably get that on a shirt if they sold it um the salad bar girl who david spade had a crush on shows up to the first game um at one point john heater again my, my notes are very basic here john heater ends up destroying a guy's miata by throwing his back through the windshield he goes it's my miata um I also laughed when David Spade, there's a montage of him catching, because he's the catcher, there's a montage of him catching balls. And I like in this bit where he catches a fastball with his bare hand and not the glove. And he's like, ah, like that made me laugh. Um, you take what you can get. Um, Schneider tries to get Heater like into the game. Um, you know, he's like telling him how much he needs him or whatever. Um uh, I guess it doesn't really work. Uh, and then, I don't know, like, Schneider does some, like, crazy kung fu, like, flips and stuff at the end of this game to, like, tag the guy out where he, like, he, like, flips upside. He does, like, two flips in midair. Um, Y'all remember that happening? It's pretty stupid. <laughs> I, I, like, and again, like, I, I, I can't stress enough that this movie cuts to credits at, like, at an hour and 17 minutes yes. and even then it really feels like it's padding out its time <laughs> in several scenes <laughs> um so anyways moving on from that game it doesn't fucking matter lovitz decides that he wants the guys to get better at baseball and so he hires his good buddy reggie jackson and here's where the baseball comparisons start to come in um, because Reggie Jackson is also a main character in basketball. Uh, one of the, if you, if you out there, I know we talk mostly about happy Madison movies, but if you haven't seen baseball, it's one of the best motion pictures ever created. Um, and Reggie Jackson is a major character. Uh, he was in tuba camp with John Lovitz. Um, and he gets really pissed when uh, I guess David Spade laughs at him. And he's just, is it, maybe it's John Heater where he's just like, I was a good looking kid. Um, and then, uh, so like the way they decide to train everybody, it's like they, you know, like to run sprints or whatever they do, ding dong ditch. They do a weird, a weird, like homophobic joke here where like one of their, like their bullies, it's like, 
oh, like they ding dong ditch him, and then like a, like a you know a naked like a, a half naked dude, like a guy in a speedo or whatever, is just like come back for your massage, and it's like that's John Farley. Yeah, I think it's one of the Farleys. Yeah, so it's it's Chris Farley's brother. Um, and it's just like, okay, so like they're they're grossed out because he's like there with a man and David Spade's like, oh, nightmares. And it's like, all right, guys. <laughs> you're only four, you're only a couple of years away from gay marriage being legalized. Um and so uh he also uh, Reggie Jackson teaches them how to do uh catch and release drills with hot potatoes and John- <laughs> John Heater throws, he, he freaks out and he throws his out the window and it hits the robot played by Doug Jones in the head and the robot ends up shaving the dog uh, by accident. <laughs> I have to say, I was laughing pretty hard during this whole montage. Like that dog bit is great. Uh-huh. And, and well, because like the robot like is, is, you know, it's like apologetic and, and like frightened by the mistake <laughs> made. There's that. And like, I don't know, like, like, I'm trying to think of other examples of this. Like, obviously, dodgeball would be an example of like a mo- a training montage that's using ridiculous props and like exercises to train. Like, like oh, like like instead of like throwing dodgeballs at the teammates, Rip Torn's throwing wrenches at them. And stuff. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a wrench. You can dodge a ball. And 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 this, it's like you know, you like you can just go out in the baseball field and like throw. And like you know, like like play and like play catch and and like do some scrimmaging. But no, we're we're gonna like do like hot scalding potatoes. <laughs> I like it. I feel like this. Whenever you said earlier, uh, Chris, you were saying that like if it leaned into that's my boy energy. Yeah. I feel like if it did that here, I mean, no one wants to see the dog die. But if the dog died, this movie <laughs> would be a fucking different movie. <laughs> Woo! That would be yeah, <laughs> you know, and like there's a, there's a, another stray joke. I, I I apologize. I don't remember if this takes place before the montage or afterwards, but like just the very out of like like sudden grossness of it, like definitely has that energy. But it's like jo- like John Heater, you know, very like politely um, and sheepishly apologizes for I guess like making a mess in in a in a porta potty and then it cuts to a guy walking up to the porta potty opening the door and immediately violently throwing up it's like freddie got fingered or something <laughs> yeah like like it's like it's it's you know fairly you know an intense gross out gag for you know this movie that spends its, its final 15 minutes doing a lot of lip service to like you know accepting differences and treating each other with respect and 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 like and like all that bullshit so it's it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> very half-assed uh-huh all that stuff um so yeah reggie jackson shows them how to like uh sh- is like shows them like oh like smash mailboxes that's like it'll like it hit, you know help your swing and uh i like i did laugh at john heater like smashing the window of the truck they were in um and david spade hitting the mailbox and like it vibrating so hard that he drops the bat um um, and then, yeah, the next game, like he, John Heater keeps hitting himself. And again, this was kind of funny, his body language where he's like, he swings and it goes in such a way that he like swings the bat around and smacks himself in the back or the head or whatever. Like, <laughs> it's fine. Um, and uh, uh, David Spade, when he goes up to bat, the, the, the kid who's like a bully, like the catcher or whatever, he sees his head turn into a mailbox. And then there's a very bad visual effect where the baseball becomes a mailbox and he smacks it. Um, 
And uh, when he comes back, he, he comes to home plate and he drop kicks the kid in the fucking face. <laughs> uh, that was kind of funny. Um, and then, you know, we see the adult bullies in their truck and we see John Farley. He's like, hey, guys, who wants to wrestle? And it's like a little like random thing. Um, uh, I have here the, the, the scene where Nick Swartzen gets the thin mitts from the Girl Scouts where he's like, where David Spade's like, that's our lunch for, that's our food for a week. So you better go out there and get it. And he like runs out and screams at the Girl Scouts and they, they, you know, they drop all their thin mitts. Um, and then, you know, we've had a lot of great product placements so far. We've had uh, Pepsi, we've had Wilson, the sporting goods company. We had Vio, the Sony uh, like laptop tops and computers um and at at the video store like i think the last scene said at the video store in the movie we uh we have orville redenbacher popcorn just like perched very carefully in the frame um and the the salad girl salad bar girl uh from uh from uh, pizza hut shows up and is kind of flirting with david spade she brought her little brother and he says what does biatch mean to David Spade. And that's another uh, joke that seems taken from basketball because <laughs> in basketball, there's the classic bit where the kid's just like, Coop, the kid in the hospital, Coop, I've watched all your games. Well, that's great, dude. Coop, what's a vagina? <laughs> we'll say I did stop here and say, that's your brother? Like, that's your little brother? Her, like Her little brother. He's like eight years old and she's like 32. Yeah, it's... A questionable piece of casting, but I guess it would be it. It's better that she's that old and he's that young, and their little brothers, rather than being like she's eighteen and he's eight. So right. better that separation and just be a questionable like what? Absolutely. Um, so let's see. Uh, so then, uh, yeah, like David Spade, like the the bench warmers, they go visit John Levitt's, like at his headquarters. It's Nerd Central. There's like still more Star Wars stuff. Um, and like sci-fi posters and whatever. Schneider goes home to his wife and is talking to her like in the shower. Um, <laughs> and the baby, babies and stuff. And then he's like, hey, like I got, there's a kind of a funny button to the scene where he's like, okay, like move over. I've got to pee. And he goes into the shower and then you hear a stream and she goes, oh God, you weren't kidding. <laughs> I was like, oh, you just thought that was his sense of humor? Like, he's going to come and piss in the shower? Like, like that's cool. There's, there's, like, a while here. And again, like, you know, the, the, the movie does, it's, you know, like, it's kind of half-assed attempt at heart and lessons at the end. But for, uh, for, like, a while here, there's, like, I legitimately was, is like, dying, I was dying laughing at, like, just this, joke of schneider being so just like just so disinterested and all of the sexual energy and affection and you know desire that he's being thrown at by his hot wife it kind of reminds me of will ferrell and um is it uh eva mendez yes uh, absolutely and, and uh like the other guys and like the whole time Wahlberg is just like stunned that this is his wife and Farrell couldn't give two shits. Like, like, like well, talk to her that way. <laughs> right. Right. And so that's like, it's a funny bit that I feel like that, like I was hoping was going somewhere crazier than just like, Oh, he feels, you know, he feels trepidation about, about having a kid basically. Right. <laughs> 
No, a hundred percent. I definitely felt that Will Ferrell comparison from the other guys. Um, so, oh yeah. So there's a, they get on the, they get on like John Lovitz's big tour bus, which has Star Wars stuff on the side. And it's the Gus bus, which is like a nickname that, uh, the, the guy, the, the dumb jock, like, you know, he, he's not very creative and he gives it to Rob Schneider like earlier in the movie. Um, and Howie, uh, the, the uh, Nick Swartzen character is on the bus. And I really like here John Lovitz like is talking to Nick Swartzen. He's just like, <laughs> Howie, you're a freak. Um, that, was a good, that was a good line reading. John Lovitz, again, is very good in this. Um, and so uh, they, play, uh, they, they play against another team who gives a shit why. Um, there's a, they eventually like they end up getting like, oh, the team is like known for throwing eggs at comic conventions. Um, and so like there's a lot of eggs thrown in the scene, um, which also happens to Trey Parker in basketball. Again, I just kept noting the basketball comparisons. Maybe that's just because it's like the best sports comedy I've ever seen. Um, uh, Rob Schneider pants the one kid. He like he like pulls his pants down to like run home at the end. Um Oh, and Dennis Dugan makes a cameo here. Our director has this Hitchcockian cameo where he's talking and he's like, Gus, like, I feel like I remember that name. Like, like, what's, what's your name? And he's just like, oh no, where'd you grow up? And he's like, I grew up on the North Pole. Like, um, <laughs> so uh, John Heater catches a ball in his mitt and there's a bug that he was looking at that gets smushed and he eats the bug off of the ball Again, John Heater, a lot of his humor kind of seems like it's in a vacuum. Like, it's sort of just like, let's add this, like, let's add this comic element who isn't a Happy Madison mainstay, but, like, I guess the kids like him. Like, let's put him in here, but we don't know what to do with him exactly. Yeah, he's not well served by it, but I don't know. Um, And so, uh, let's see. Um, There's there's a weirdly... 2006 joke i guess i need to stop saying that but there's a there's a weird joke where they look at the 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 newspapers and it says bench warmers get hisot and rizzle into the finals (laughs) those Uh, jokes never go out of style let me let me tell you that's true I, i apologize they don't go out of style they're still funny um but yeah, so like the team they're playing against next, they hire uh, uh, a 12-year-old, quote-unquote, we've discussed this already, but um, it's Amari Nolasco, who uh, around this time in 2006, I don't know if you guys ever watched this, but uh, Prison Break? Oh, um, God. That first season of Prison Break was rad, in my <laughs> humble opinion, and Amari Nolasco was in it. Uh, I never saw it. I forgot all about it, but wow, yeah, that takes me back. I was a big, big fan of that first season. I don't think I ever saw season two, but season one is very good. I remember um, it having kind of like a hero's reputation. Like it starts off beautiful and then it very quickly goes off the rails. Yes. And again, I don't, I don't know if revisiting it, I would like eat all the, all my words just now, but. Uh, right. I, I mean, there was a time when like the first five seasons or so 24 was like the peak of what TV could accomplish as an art form, or at least that's what I thought, you know, when I was 14, I don't know if I'm going to revisit that to find out if I'm wrong. <laughs> yes. Did you, Austin, did you watch prison break? I did not watch prison break. Okay. Well, again, I'll go ahead and say, and no one ever can call me on this, but I'll go ahead and say that season one was rad as hell. <laughs> <laughs> He's in it, so good for him. Um, but uh, I like him. Uh, I like him. Uh, He's like just like drink, drinking beer like crazy, and then later on, hey, like you smell like beer, and he's like you look like beer. <laughs> Blake Clark 
St. Louis squad member, uh, should have been an Academy Award nominee for Best Supporting Actor in 51st Dates. That's right. He's there as, as like, the, the umpire. Uh, and Amari Nolasco is just, like, striking kids out to the tune of uh, Daddy Yankee's Gasolina. Um, and he steps on Schneider's hand at one point, which prevents him from being a great pitcher, um, which means that John Heater has to pitch. Uh, and he's very bad at it. And they play Electric Avenue, which, of course, it, that song only exists now in uh, Pineapple Express. Um, I remember actually like like watching Benchwarmers like earlier today and there was that needle drop Wilson. I was like, oh, Wilson's going to watch Pineapple Express tonight. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> you know me too well, sir. Um, <laughs> and there's that great line where it's like, tw- John Lovett's like, letting a 12-year-old drink like that is disgusting. <laughs> that was uh, yeah, that got me good. That's a good line. Um, and so now it's like, oh no, like now Nick Swardson is going to have to come in or they'll lose the game. Um, and I like that Amari Alasco is so drunk where he's staring at Nick Swardson and he goes like, wow, look at all those albinos. <laughs> um, they use the R word again several times here. It's not great. Um, Amari Alaska keeps calling out for Maria, which like just made me think of, I know he's not supposed to be from Puerto Rico, but it was just like, he's just like, Maria. It's like, okay, like West Side Story. Um, the uh, Carla, let's see. Uh, is Carlos the Amari Alaska character? I just have Carlos throws up all over Tim Meadows. <laughs> uh, the 12 year old boy, right. Yeah, and then David Sp- and then David Spade, uh, you know, gives his shout out to the the girl at Pizza Hut, and he said, "Is salad girl?" And he says, "I like salad again." Uh, and then on TV, Terry Crews, yes, is, is watching Terry Crews with a, a terrible blonde wig, is watching TV and sees Rob Schneider, and he's just like, "That guy was a bully to me." Um, and uh, in this scene also is Dan Patrick, who you know, brilliant you know sportscaster brilliant actor from that one scene in hubie halloween where he's like leave him alone he's a human being (laughs) the great great dan patrick is there um might be one of the early like it's probably one of the early dan patrick appearances even though he's been in like 16 happy madison movies like really i I, I, when, when is the first one maybe happy gilmore but like i don't think it's like super consistent until like the the aughts uh, he's not in Happy Gilmore. Maybe, maybe water. That's what is. That's right. Um, so okay, he does pop up as like the a new and water boy, and then longest yard. Okay, gotcha. Okay. okay, so yeah, he's in. So yeah, so he's he 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 he's like we found out he's like in the most of. He's like even beats out like Rob Schneider or whatever. Like he's been in a ton of of the of Adam Sandler's movies. Um, but you know he made fun of Terry Crews. Rob Schneider did. So he gets exposed as a bully on national television. Um, you know, John Lovitz's son, Nelson, is really sad because Rob was a bully and he can't carry on. The vague conception of the bench warmers that we get from this movie as like folk heroes against, you know, against bullying or whatever um, through their national media profile. Um, and, you know, Rob Schneider goes and, and talks to his, his wife and she's like, you know, do you feel like we don't deserve to have kids because you're guilty that you were a bully? And he's like, no, because karma would catch up with me and, you know, you know, my kid would turn out to be, you know, a, you know, like a nerd who'd get made fun of or whatever. And she said, but you could, you know, say you're sorry. And 
Schneider goes to apologize to the the person he made fun of the most in high school, and that's you know this sad, scared little little person that is like a nerd, a huge nerd, and still like in his basement with his mom. Um, it's a very archaic, you know. He's not like the John Lovitz, who's like a billionaire. It's like a sad dude who's a you know who's in his basement still, his mom's basement. Right. Um, here's okay. Actually, here in my notes. This is a weird moment, and I do wish that the movie was more like had more that's my boy energy because this is such a crazy bit where John Lovitz walks out into the middle of the field and is like, We need to build this baseball park. <laughs> um, and I he says, We need to we, keep it under a billion, uh, like he keep, uh, keep it under a billion. And there's a quick montage that I had written in my notes. It's like Godfrey Reggio, like Koyana Scotsy, <laughs> where it's playing the it's playing this music, and it's like the footage is sped up, <laughs> and it's like briefly, it's like they build the stadium in like a couple of hours or whatever. Um, anyways, I had to amuse myself however I could, and I I, I decided to compare it to Koyana Scotsy or Pawakatsi, right. Um, and because like the whole thing is like, oh, we only have like twenty four hours to do it. Get 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 to work, and well, they get to work, and they get it, and they do it, and it's like it's vaguely like if you'll build, if we build it, they will come. Um, but at the, I have to, I have to make mention of this, Chris. You'll understand. Um, at this stadium, this new stadium, there are prominently displayed logos. For the Sony PlayStation 2, which officially uh, yeah. renders this movie as PlayStation 2 Cinema, which is oh. a category that I'm loosely, loosely but strictly defining. I want you to hold on to that phrase, dear listeners. That'll be a future podcast project. Absolutely. It's PlayStation Probably. 2 Cinema. Uh, <laughs> and so... Um, uh, and so, like, at the stadium, it's like, oh, like, what do you think about, like, Gus, you know, like, you being a bully, it turns out, and these goths are really pissed off at him, like, on camera, and then, um, uh, let's see, so the guy who Rob Schneider made fun of shows up at the big game, and he's dragging Master 784, and he's like, even though, like, Rob Schneider's bullying put me in an institution, uh, you know, like, I still believe in him, or whatever, like, again, None of this, this is all so half-assed. It's just like, sure, like, we just need to get to, like, it's like they're looking at the audience and they're like, you know, we have to do this to get to the end of the movie. Like, who cares? Um, and so uh, Rob Schneider and Spade and Heater end up bringing in all the kids who have been, like, live-streaming them this whole time and, and like, follow, like, Nelson. And there's this girl and boy who've been, like, calling their games online as they've become, I guess, like a proto-viral sensation um, and they get let in to like play against, you know, whatever this team is like, it's supposed to be pretty good. Um, and you know, it's all just like these kids are just, it doesn't matter about winning. They're just there to have fun. Like, that's the whole point. It's like, it's not about winning. It's about like, you know, how much you're enjoying yourself. Um, and at the end, like the opposing team, like kind of gets the point and they let Nelson, John Levitz's son hit a grounder. Um, and it's like, great, who cares? Like, even though the opposing team won, like they had a good time. Um, David Spade gets to kiss a girl for the first time at age 39 is what I wrote in my notes, um, <laughs> which is good for him. Um, I liked, uh, Tim Meadows, uh, talking to Nick Swartzen at the end. And he's just like, oh yeah, like, I don't mind the sun so much. And he's like, well, how's the moon treating you? And he's like, I'm not a fan. <laughs> um, 
And then at the end, you know, Rob Schneider and his wife are expecting. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a movie. It ends it admit, it ends like you'd expect it to. And again, if this had that's my boy energy, um, you know, Molly Sims would have announced the the news that she's expecting. And Steiner would be so excited and proud. And then she'd be like, yeah, but it's John Heater's baby because you've been ignoring my advances for the past 90 minutes. Like, like, which is again, what I was almost expecting and hoping like it it, it would go for, but no, (laughs) we don't get, you know, John Heater. He's talking the whole time about his mom making like, you know, saying like apple pie gives you diarrhea and like making mac and cheese. And he's, it's like, Oh, like, you know, steroids shrink your dick. And he's like, oh, there must be steroids in mac and cheese. And it's like, okay, so like he clearly has a weird thing with his mom, but we never see her. Um, sadly, we never see Jackie Sandler again either. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's the movie, The Benchwarmers. And it's the, a weird, so, so uh, this was, so I heard about this through a review. Apparently part of this movie coming to fruition was because uh, Rob Schneider and David Spade like weren't speaking to each other and Adam Sandler like produced and cast this movie so that they would like reconnect as friends. Apparently Sandler said that in uh, an interview with Howard Stern, which I did not listen to, but I saw like documented online. Huh. That's well, that's interesting. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And again, like, you know, the, the review, the interviews that I read where it was like, yeah, like this was sort of an idea that had been come up with during the SNL days and Farley was supposed to be in it. Um, and yeah, like the fact that David Spade in those press clips for the movie exclusively refer, refers to John Heater as Napoleon Dynamite, where it's like, oh, like it does like, you know, this movie was a hit. So like no disrespect, but it's like, Oh, like they never asked John Heater to be in another Happy Madison movie. So I wonder like what that, it feels kind of like a rare instance of them being like, I don't know, let's just like, rather than just doing their own thing, it's like, let's bring in this other guy from like, it's like, oh, like it's a weird aborted attempt to like bring John Heater into the fold and it doesn't really play. Right? Like, I mean, he's not in any other movies. Yeah, no, it's, it's weird. I mean, th- this has happened before, right? We, where we've had like, uh, I'm trying to think of an example of it. I guess. He, How many one-offs are there though? Where it's like, yeah, it's like if they bring in like, you know, like Kevin James was like a King of Queens guy and they bring him into the Happy Madison fold with like, with the Paul Blart movies. And then he's just like their boy, like going forward. And it's like John Heater never comes back and it's like you know especially like the amount of like camaraderie and the amount of like i mean i guess they never made a movie with steve vaughn steve zahn after strange wilderness or whatever but otherwise it's like well what's your like how many of these guys only did one happy Madison movie yeah i guess that's true because like you'll make a distinction between a john heater or a steve zahn and like you know James Caan or, or like, or, or like, you know, Nicole Kidman, like, like, like obviously like he occasionally has like these like big A-lister like ringers who like do one-off roles. Um, that's interesting though. Cause like, you know, it's, it's, it's not like he, uh, Heater has been lacking for work. It just seems like he kind of pivoted to voice work and maybe that was just like a chill way to, you know, still stay, I'm sure very, very well paid, but you know, not having to, 
do much in front of the camera. I, I don't know. I mean, it like it could be maybe he wasn't getting along so well. It could have just just simply been he had a good time and then just pieced off to other things. I kind of think it's funny that like also that David Spade keeps referring to him. I mean, David Spade might be a jerk, but like he's referring to him as Napoleon Dynamite in interviews. And it's like, oh, like that's literally just like what they brought him on to be. It's almost, it feels like a cynical mm-hmm. thing where it's like, yeah, like let's just get the guy from the hit comedy and like, let's just have him do that thing. Like kind of implying that he won't like be able to do anything else. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah. Like the movie, like this was one that I missed in 2006 there's not that much like that's that interesting. Weirdly enough, so I, I will say though, the the Manola Dargis review, I could not find this documented, but she writes this in her review. Um, let me find it here. Um, she says, um, filled with sprays of vomit, fountains of spit, and enough hot body air to launch a flotilla of passenger balloons. The bench warmers is the sort of trash that Hollywood does really well. And this is the last sentence of her review. It is also to quote Mr. Schneider, a master the, a master's thesis on the form of a quintessential Adam Sandler comedy. <laughs> and I don't understand. Sorry, my dog's coughing. Uh, I don't understand what she means by that. I, I guess that means that at some point in an interview, Rob Schneider said that the bench warmers was a quote, again, this is in quotes, a master's thesis on the form of a quintessential Adam Sandler comedy, which is interesting for our purposes, but I don't see how that's the case here because there are other, even like non-Adam Sandler starring Happy Madison movies that I would like more readily give that credit too like i don't know right. even like deuce bigelow european gigolo or the hot chick or something feels more like oh this is like a platonic version of an adam sandler movie rather than this which is like it's fine but i don't know it's it's just like i this doesn't like this doesn't rank very highly for me personally like in the pantheon just because like you know if i'd seen it you know i was 17 when it came out maybe if i'd been seven when it came out I'm not, I'm not dissing it. I'm not disrespecting it. I'm just like, you know, like maybe, you know, maybe I would have had like a better reaction to if I'd seen it when I was very small, as opposed to like, you know, nearly an adult. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the ingredients are there for something a bit more special. Um, and occasionally has moments of like inspired lunacy. Um, but it's, it's just not quite there. It feels like like with some of Dugan's you know Sandler starring stuff like the you know like the criticism against him is like oh Dugan that's like the you know like the peak of like Sandler laziness like uh and I don't think that's always the case this one I think that's a fair charge um it's just and again like I can't get like I, I can't get mad at it and it was a pleasant enough watch um and you know if you're going to be this tossed off, then you, then I appreciate you having the good sense and taste of being 80 minutes long. So that's fine. Um, yeah. So I'm like, like, like this is firmly in the category of like, there are stray bits here and there that I think are funny, but it just doesn't quite, quite come together. Um, like, like I would, like I would write this slightly below even European gigolo. Yeah. I don't know, Austin. What do you? What do you? How, how, how do you feel this fits in? 
Um, I saw it back in like 2006. Um, and um, how I guess we're at the if we're at the end of the Schneiders. Yes, um, right. I guess like in terms of ranking them. I mean, it's, it's totally fine. Like, it's not offensive. And I, I agree about the length. It's not too lengthy. Um, I definitely put it towards the lower end. I think, I think I'm still probably hot chick. And um, what else is on my higher end? Oh, it's all just, I mean, they're all like, they're all blurring together. <laughs> I feel like all these Schneider movies, like, while every Adam Sandler movie feels decidedly different, I feel like for some reason these are outside of European Gigolo, like they're all like pretty similar feeling in a way. But yeah, I think it's fair. Um, I mean, overall, like I will say, I was kind, I, I was not exactly looking forward to our Schneider miniseries. He's never been one of my one of my guys. As opposed to say Farley, where it's like, oh, I cannot wait for us to talk about Farley yeah. for a few weeks. Like that's that's, that's going to be so much fun, and it was. Like, I am speaking with somewhat faint praise here because really none of Schneider's stuff is really like all timer movies for me. But I would say consistently, pretty much across the board, I wound up enjoying all of them more than I thought I would. Like I was not looking forward to, you know, revisiting um the first deuce bigelow but just kind of getting into the vibe of it and we were talking about time capsules earlier austin's like okay like 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 go in with like uh you know be like a good natured um you know willingness just to kind of roll with the 1999 of it all um and then you know you'll, you'll have a good time and like you know i loved the hot chick so much when i saw <laughs> it in high school and i loved it once again watching it you know like today so you know there's something there like there's a reason why he was a comedy box office king for a few years there's also a reason why i think that didn't last and sandler has lasted for 30 years like uh there's different skill sets here different uh you know uh like schneider at his best um whether we're talking about a sandler role like a a a Sandler universe movie or not, I think is, can be a very good ringer. Like can be a very good supporting, um, uh, like just presence. Um, but it context is often key. Like, you know, he's a hoot and big daddy. I love him in, in 51st dates and, and you see him in, chuck and larry or some of the other stuff and it's like oh goodness no something something went wrong here so you know it takes some finesse um and you know with something like the animal or even in some moments in this movie like you can see i think leading man chops and leading man charm but just not to the same degree as you would have in a sandler or maybe even like in, like in a kevin james for that matter too like it's just Schneider is good at different things, but they're kind of specific things. And leading man, just I don't think he just had enough fuel in in the uh, tank for that to last a whole long time. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I do find it interesting that like 
And because again, this movie being a hit, the fact that like Schneider never comes back to, I mean, he's still friends with Sandler. Like the fact that he never comes back to star in one of his movies. It's like, well, I guess I'm going to go do Big Stan on my own or like whatever. It's like- And like a sitcom or whatever. Yeah, just doing his yeah. thing. I also will, will say, if we didn't point this out earlier, Molly Sims, who is Schneider's wife in Benchwarmer, she also is, um, she also shows up in the uh, Wrong Missy as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There's not, there's, there's just not a ton to say about this movie. It's like, you know, it's fine. It, it, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't, it, you know, it goes down smoothly enough, I guess, but it's also like, it's fairly uh, lackadaisical. Um, yeah. In, in a lot of ways and again like i you know who knows if there are movies that i can think of from the 90s where i'm like oh like if i had not seen that at a certain age would i still be watching that probably not like you know maybe bench warmers fits into that category for you know a certain age demographic which is sure like there's a detail on the wikipedia page that mentions like oh this is like this has now become a bit of a cult favorite for baseball fans and i'm like well maybe and like yeah sure baseball fans want to enjoy their baseball movies i understand that but like i can't i can't really imagine having a burning desire to go back and watch this one again anytime soon Uh perhaps if i was 13 when i first saw it but i don't know you know hopefully someday hopefully someday happy madison will do a huge box set of you know 50 discs or whatever and it'll just be (laughs) every happy madison movie on 4k blu-ray or whatever and i'll you know i'll pay handsomely for it um, and at that point, I'll I'll own the bench warmers. Either that, or finding it at half price for like three bucks, <laughs> <laughs> or I'm, that. I'm guessing the sequel is just oh, like, wow. yeah, it's just totally unrelated to. Uh, well, it's related in it's related in cast because you have Mel who reappears. Well, John Lowe, yeah, that's right. And I guess okay. I, I, okay. Lachlan Monroe. I guess I missed Lachlan Monroe from like the scary movie uh, from, from just scary movie in being in this, I guess he's also in the sequel, but wait, Lachlan Monroe, like who does he play in this? Uh, it says he plays like a, a host of a TV show, like a house, a home makeover show. Okay. I, I think that. it must've been a blink and you miss it type thing, sure. but they both return in the, in the sequel. Oh, good for them. Yeah. That was only a couple of years ago. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the bench warmers. <laughs> Woo! Oh, man. So that is, so we've actually, we've come out the other end of the Schneiderverse. That's crazy to think about. Um, of course, after this, you know, Rob Schneider went on to do Big Stan. He went on to have his sitcom. He went, in, went on to show up in, you know, of course, The Wrong Missy and uh, stuff like, uh, I mean, after this, and he has a long way after 2006, but it's like, you know, he's, he's, he's been around. Uh, hopefully, if they make a Grown Ups 3, he'll show back up again. He's in Hubie Halloween. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's another corner that we have, uh, another corner of the, you know, the Adam Sandler extended, you know, cinematic universe that we have finally sort of checked off. You know, we've hit Chris Farley, and now we've gone through Rob Schneider. And, uh, I think next, I think we can like, I mean, we'll let everybody know if, if any plans change because everything's always kind of up in the air. But uh, the plan is, you know, now we're handing off from Mr. Schneider uh, with this movie. We're taking the occasion to hand off to uh, David Spade. 
and we're going to be following his Happy Madison movies. Obviously, we already talked about him in the context of Tommy Boy and Black Sheep, um, but we're going to be covering, I believe the next episode is going to be Joe Dirt, uh, which That's is very exciting. Ex- very exciting. I've not seen that one in a while, but it's reputation. I loved it when I was younger, and its reputation certainly precedes it. And that episode uh, is, we are planning, we were supposed to have him to, on this one, but you know, life got in the way, but we're very excited to be bringing back our buddy, Danny Benson, uh, yes. on the Jodert episode and it's perfect because Danny Benson of course is uh, it, this ends up working out because he's obviously a huge uh, Dave Matthews head and uh, Dave Matthews is listed as a composer on Jodert <laughs> so, uh, perfect uh, that ended up that was a totally fortuitous we didn't plan it that way but uh, you know God you know God doesn't make mistakes and so that's how we end up with J- <laughs> Danny Benson uh appearing on our very first David Spade episode. So yeah, I think that's, that's, it's it, it, off the top of my head. We've got Joe Dirt, Dickie Roberts, former child star, Joe Dirt 2, and uh, Father of the Year, the Netflix one that I haven't seen, but that's a Happy Madison movie. So I believe those are the, I, I, there might be another one, but I believe those are the ones. Will you, fellas, please remind me, because we've been doing this for a while, and you'll have to forgive my sh- my shaky memory. Did we do a specific episode on the wrong Missy? Or uh, did we, like, occasionally talk about it? Like, oh, hey, it's actually pretty good. Go check it out. Whatever episode we did, like, before Grown Ups 2 or whatever, we mentioned the wrong Missy, because this was, like, summer 2020, like, pande- real pandemic hours. I, I don't remember. Did not do a dedicated episode to it. So that's right. We will need to do a dedicated The Wrong Missy episode. Well, I'm happy to do that because, you know what? I think that was like a special lockdown day movie, like lockdown months uh, movie for us. And it'll be fun to revisit because Lauren Lapkus is a thing of beauty in that movie. Yeah. And honestly, what's shitty about that now in retrospect is that like looking back on that, she could have gotten an Oscar nomination for that performance. And I mean, in the sense of like, obviously like the Academy doesn't recognize like comedy and it doesn't recognize that kind of comedy. But like, that was the year that like street stuff that like nothing was playing in theaters. Like Warren <laughs> Lapkus, it's like, what, like what, what, what do we have to choose between like Francis McDormand and Nomadland? Like, give me a break. Like, even like Francis would probably agree with that too. Like, absolutely. Yeah, Lauren <laughs> Lapkus is fearless and, and, and she gives a tremendous performance and I can't wait to revisit that. But yes, the David Spade averse will be very fun to, to, to jump back into. And then I believe we'll talk about it after that. We still have, you know, there, there's some like weird odds and ends we have to, uh, you know, catch up with in, in the happy Madison universe. But as far as filmographies, we've got Kevin James to, to hit after David Spade. So, you know, good times ahead for the Billy Gilmore podcast. Um, and hopefully we'll, we'll have some, uh, we'll have some, uh, hopefully some big announcements in the, in the near future, nearish future. Um, you know, hold that, hold, you know, watch the space. I, I, absolutely. We have some cool stuff brewing. Um, you know what, aside from his grown ups appearances, oh, and Hubie Halloween for that matter, I have not seen any of the Kevin James starring vehicles. I haven't seen any of the Paul Blarts. I haven't seen, here comes the bird. Zookeeper. I like. I yeah. No. I. It just. It just ne- never quite happened. Those were coming out when I was sort of checked out of the universe. So that'll be exciting. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh boy. So I guess uh, anybody, that's, that's my, you know, I got nothing else to say about Mr. Schneider uh, other than uh, Rob Schneider. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Rated PG 13. That's right. What about you, Austin? Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to the David Spade stuff. Looking yeah. forward to getting into that. I think I was always a bigger David Spade fan than I was Rob Schneider. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I have not been entirely like upset to go through this because I would say Bench Warmers and Deuce Bigelow were the only ones I had watched before. Okay. Mm-hmm. They were all blind or they were all new, new to me. Yeah. Um, at least half of the Spade stuff will be new to me too. I've only seen Joe Dirt and Missy. So the other stuff will be first time watches. That that's exciting. Um we've made reference to it before, but Spade has like, you know, a comic memoir. Um yeah that that we can reference for some research and so on or you know check out the audiobook or whatever um so yeah i know like and, and you know there's we've already covered the farley movies so we don't need to like spend too much time there but you know there's no shortage of maybe some reading we can do on early days at snl um just like like origins of the spade persona and how he has played with that over the years because like going back to the nineties, you know, um, and like kind of his SNL stuff and obviously his, his pairing, you know, vehicles with Farley, that's like a certain type of spade and you would not draw an immediate line from that guy to Joe dirt. So he's taken like some interesting detours throughout the career. So yeah, I'm stoked. I should save these thoughts for our next episode. (laughs) Let's move on. (laughs) All right, folks. Well, I think, uh, I think uh, unless y'all got anything else, I think that does it for our episode on the bench warmers. Uh, we're so happy to take this tour of the Schneiderverse with all of you fine people out there. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting career. Uh, you know, it's sad that he's kind of a right wing crank these days, but you know, comedy wise, wishing him the best. Um, yeah. I've, I've enjoyed this. I've been, I've enjoyed exploring this little corner of the Sandlerverse. Um so yeah, without further ado, uh, we will see y'all next time for our exploration into David Spade. Uh, funny uh, title for that series, TBD. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll well okay, we'll we'll workshop that before we 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 put anything out there. So anyways, uh, see y'all next time for Jer Dirt. Um, as always, I'm Wilson Smith. This was Chris Giles and Austin Colt. And we'll see you next time for Joe Dirt. Y'all, please take care. Be well. We'll see you next time.